Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to the first ever installment of Free Parking's new game show, Par for Discourse. I am the host tonight, Ryan Moreland. Uh, and since y'all don't know this game yet, since it's brand new to everybody, I'll, I'll break it down real quick, the rules. Um, we have two teams of two. Each team is going to go head-to-head on sports question uh, as we go through. Each question is worth one point, uh, and only one team can win each question, obviously. So we'll go through, uh, and then we have a finale question worth three points. Um and each team has already come up with a punishment for the other team. If the winning team gets their punishment laid out on the losers tonight, uh, it's pretty simple. So let's get into the show here. First, I'm going to introduce the teams. Uh, each team has came up with their own name for tonight. The first team is Everybody Knows Free Parking's uh, Richard Pyle, and we have a guest host tonight with us um, from Jock Journal. Uh, fellow writer of ours, Ben Coffin. Glad to have him on tonight. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Thanks for having me. Is the Chip All Kelly right. fan club? Because there's only two members of the Chip Kelly fan club. That's <laughs> <laughs> the team name for Richard and for Ben is Chip Kelly's fan club, the only two members. <laughs> two members um, strong. Two members strong. <laughs> you've got the whole, you've got the whole fan club on your show tonight. Yes, Chip Kelly, if you're listening in, we love you. All right. On the other side, of course, we have Peter and Amos. Uh, what is your guys' team name for tonight? The Globo Jim Purple Cobras. The what? Globo Jim Purple Cobras. <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys guys earlier, each team has come up with a punishment. Um, So if they win, the other team has to fulfill that punishment. We're going to start with Chip Kelly's fan club. What is your punishment for Peter and Amos tonight? You guys, if you lose your singing, it's raining men live on the air. (laughs) 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 All right. At the end of the show, we'll do that if you guys – if uh, Chip Kelly's fan club wins, if Globo's Gem wins, uh, what's Chip Kelly's boys got to do over there? All right, so Amos and I came up with these. Um, Richard has to announce our next show in a British Parliament accent, and okay. then we'll have to we'll have to say, and I quote, "Blaine Gabbert is the greatest quarterback and player in Jaguars team history." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is that, that exact phrasing. <laughs> For all you that don't know, uh, that's, that's our guest Ben is a gigantic Jaguars fan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got the punishments, we got the team names. Let's head into the show. First question here, guys. <clears throat> Andy Dalton broke his thumb this Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers after throwing an interception, went in for a tackle. Uh, ended up breaking his thumb while he whiffed on the good tackle completely. Uh, he will not need surgery, but will likely miss the remainder of the season. Does this mean the season's over for the Cincinnati Bengals, Peter? 
You know, I thought about this last night and this morning, um, and I don't think it necessarily means that it's over for them because A.J. McCarron comes from a college in Alabama that has a similar style team where you have really good running backs and a solid defense and some playmakers to throw the football to. So Cincinnati kind of mirrors Alabama in that aspect. Um, and then you look at the, and then you look at their last three games. They're at San Francisco, that's winnable. And then the last game home against Baltimore is winnable. And then at Denver, they'll probably end up losing. So if they finish the season two and one, they'll still go twelve and four. And I think Asian McCarron can probably get them like a playoff win if they have to go. If they're, you know, depending on who they play, one of the wild card teams, they could end up beating. Um, so I'm not going to write them off completely. I think Asian McCarron will get the job done just enough to help them win. Uh, and, again, I say this because he has the run game and the defense and the playmakers on offense to throw the ball through to support him. So he doesn't need to do too much, just enough to win games. All right, great answer. What do you think, Ben? I disagree. <laughs> I'd say <laughs> they, they didn't have no shot to begin with, first of all, because it's Andy Dalton. You know? <laughs> Even if he was there, they wouldn't have a shot, basically. Um Let's let's go with last year. Last year they lost six games. They went three and three in their own division. All six of their losses was to AFC opponents. Three of their losses was to opponents in their own division. So they're not even good enough to win their own division. <clears throat> now this year they're more consistent because Dalton has been more consistent. He's been the difference. They have no run game. They have no defense. In the last four weeks, they've given up 34 points to the Cardinals and 33 points to the Steelers, which is the only two two good teams they've played the last four weeks. So, without a run game, without a good defense against good teams, without Dalton, I say no, they don't have a chance. And McCarron, as far as he goes, he's no good just because he came from Alabama. And I, and I don't oh, like Alabama. So. <laughs> All right, both both really Boom. good answers here. Uh, but the first question is going to go to Globo, Jim. Uh, you guys going to get the point? Yeah. <laughs> good job, good job, good job, Peter. Good job. Thank you. Good answer. I'm moving on to question number two here. Uh, at one point in time, anytime you thought the word golf, you thought Tiger Woods. He was the only guy. Uh, I mean, to the point where people even used to say, I am the blank, or I am the Tiger Woods of blank, excuse me. Uh, He was the only guy that mattered in golf and was, you know, phenomenal. It has vastly changed since then. Now he's ranked 413th in the world. He hasn't been playing at all. It's been a long time since he's won a major. Is his career over, Amos? Uh, Yeah, I, I think it is, definitely. I think you see it with more than just golf players. He's like any other athlete with age and with injury that at a certain age, at a certain point, there's a huge drop-off. All the news and everything else that he's had to deal with, everything he's been a part of recently, it's just, it's all been bad, bad PR. And, I mean, I think all that stuff gets to him. I think that's been a part of it. I know he's had a bunch of injuries. I mean, you look at guys like Kobe and Peyton at this point in their careers. You know, they're out there. They're they're tough now trying to do their best, but they just they don't have anything left. And it's really sad to see him fall from where he's come from, uh, being ranked fast compared to what he used to be. And I think at this point, he just kind of needs to hang it up and 
rely on the, all the contract and sponsorship money because, yeah, I, I do believe strongly his career is over. All right, what do you think, Rich? In terms of actually playing the game of golf, I don't think we've seen the last of him, but in terms of being a dominant force he once was, yes, if you look at the the upcomers, uh, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, uh, Ricky Fowler, I mean, there, it's just a wide variety. And it's and the more I thought about this conversation in general, I wrote a piece on it, and it's basically if you look at what Tiger Woods has been through with the injuries, uh, you know, the injuries are just only half of it. You know, the divorce of his wife, uh, the the separation of the, the, the professional skier. Then, then you're looking at, you know, you can't go through four different golf swing coaches in, in your entire career because for those that play golf know that once you swing a club one way and you try and learn to swing it another way multiple times, you're still bringing up old habits. But in terms of his career being over, no, I think we're going to probably see him play at the Masters if that's the date that I'm looking at on the schedule because he, he takes the Masters tournament to a high regard. But in terms of his career being over, over, I don't think so. I think we're going to see if Tiger Woods play a little bit differently where he's just, you know, he's just playing, but he's not the dominant force he once was. Uh, both good arguments there, but I don't think it's any surprise, Rich being the golf man on the show, uh, Chip Kelly's fan club taking the point there. Boom. Okay. Go, Rich. Boom. <laughs> All right, heading into the third question. Uh, everybody, it's been inescapable. If you've watched SportsCenter, you've seen Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors this season. Unbelievable start that they got out to, winning 24 straight games before a loss. Um, went into a seven-game road uh, stand, ended up winning six straight. No team in NBA history has won seven straight in that seven-game road trip. Uh, and then fell, just couldn't quite get it uh, against the Bucks. But this is such a good team, playing unbelievably right now. But, Ben, can they possibly beat the 95-96 Bulls record of 72-10? and 10? I think they can, even though I don't think they're as, as good a team at all as the Bulls. I think Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan would be the best two players on that Warriors team. So I don't think they're as good at all. But, yes, they can They can break that record because the competition that's in the league today as opposed to the way it was back then. Today's game is filled with players that did not go through college for three or four years. Like back in the day when even players like Michael Jordan – and the greats had to go through college at least a couple, three, four years. Today, these guys in the NBA, they lack the fundamentals. They lack the coaching because they didn't, you know, they go to college for a year and then go straight to the NBA. Some of them don't even go to college. So the competition isn't as good. So that's why I believe they they could break that record, but not because they're a better team as the Bulls. Some good, some good points there. What do you think, Peter? So I think they're going to. You know, they're sitting at 24 and run right now, um, so that means that they've already gone through more a quarter, more than a quarter of the season. Uh, and when you look at their division, um, the Pacific Division really is good. The Clippers are 15 and 10 is the closest one to them. Uh, and I, beyond that, no one else in that division is really good. Uh, then you look at the Western Conference, really outside of the Thunder, 
and the Spurs. There's really no real good competition in that conference in the Western Conference, and so I think that I think that would give them the upper edge. And right now they're uh, in their conference. I believe they're undefeated in their conference. They're 15 and 0. So when you look at that, and the only only loss came on the road, they're 14-1 on the road and they're 10 and 0 at home. You, so you look at things like that, and I think you, you see that and you think to yourself, okay, well clearly they're they're very dominant, and I don't think you see. Um, as many great defensive players now as we have in the past. I think you see a lot more offensive guys. Um, you know, even you look at Dwight Howard, he's, a, he's supposed to be a defensive player. He really doesn't play that well. And I think you look at, you know, you look at Steph Curry. He's just, he's phenomenal. I think he's the greatest player in the NBA right now. And he's just so unstoppable no matter where he's shooting from on the floor. And they're just continuing the rollover from the NBA championship. They're just demolishing teams. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, See this team end up only losing six or seven games this year, but Golden State's on fire. And again, with with the with the weak the with the weak division they're in and the weak conference they're in, outside of maybe two other teams, it, it shouldn't be any surprise if they go, you know, win only lose six or seven games. Well, wow, you both uh, brought up some really good points in this, and uh, that was a tough one. Uh, but I'm gonna go just barely giving the edge out to Peter there. Um, so Gobo Jenga for second point. <laughs> uh, one reason is you can always learn the fundamentals, and who's the better? Who are you going to get the better coaching from? The NBA is the elite. That is where they go to, and I, I don't, I don't both buy into the uh, the the thought process that the '90s were better than now. But moving on, uh, last year we saw an unbelievable baseball season full of teams at the end uh, that haven't won in a very long time, haven't won a World Series. Um, and even the Royals who end up taking it all as their first in, in quite some time. Um, and there seems to be a lot of parity in baseball right now uh, for a league that we normally uh, get after for not having any parity at all. Uh, there's so many teams that could be in the mix this season. Uh, but which team stands out to you, Rich? You know, when when I went over this question, I was actually going to take Peter's uh, Mets. But, you know, I think I'm going to be the homer pick and say it's the Texas Rangers. If you look what Jeff Bannister did this past season, uh, you Darvish went down early in the year. The following week, Derek Collin went down in the year. You lost your two top starters in your rotation, followed by, you know, you've got a young uh, infield with the exception of Adrian Beltre, who had Prince Fielder playing DH. You've got a, a guy playing first who's not even a natural first baseman and this from the outfield to play first. You've also got, you know, it's injuries mounted up, and then, you know, they were a couple outs away from, you know, uh, beating that, you know, beating the Blue Jays, took the first two at home. But like I said, if they come back with their starting pitching with the addition of Cole Hamill, Hugh Darvis, Sarah Collins, all these guys coming back healthy, and strong, you know, they they can make a run for this thing. Great, some great points there. Um, Amos, who are you taking? I'm going to go with a team that's been there, been there often. I'm going to go with the Boston Red Sox, especially based off of their off-season acquisitions. Signing David Price, you know, seven-year, seven $217 million contract. He was second in the Cy Young voting. Led in the ERA, I, I just each year he gets better and better. Plus, top bat, he has 17 home runs. They also traded for Carson Smith, who 
had a really good season last year. He was third in hard hit percentage at 7.1%, and I think with the other acquisitions, I think that rotation is just going to be way too good. I think that they're going to dominate the conference. And I also think David Ortiz, being his last year, I see an extra motivated guy coming out, and I see them going all in to make sure he gets one more before he leaves. And I just, you know, looking at all, all the acquisitions, all the team building, I think they've done the best on the off season. they made the best moves. They've went out, they spent to make sure they get back up there, to make sure they get back in it. And I think they went all in to win it all. Both of you guys go for the homer pick. I should take points away from both of you. Uh, but I'm going <laughs> to give it to Rich here. I just think that the Rangers are uh, a better team. I thought that Rich had some good points there, uh, a team that's more equipped. But I don't think that's a team you can sleep on. <laughs> All right, heading into the next question here, question number five. I think we all saw um, UFC 193 when Ronda Rousey just got destroyed by Holly Holm. Uh, and everybody, I think, knows the rematch is going to be UFC 200. Um, is there a possibility that Rousey can win this rematch, Peter? I do. Uh, I actually believe she has a really good chance. And the reason I say that is because, one, the loss for her was definitely humiliating. You could tell when she got off the plane, when she got back home, when she was hiding her face, she was embarrassed. And I think for somebody as competitive as she is, and she really is very competitive, you can tell the way she talks, the way she acts, the way she carries herself, that she's going to use that as extra motivation. And the other thing, too, is I think she she, she knew how she was going to lose the match. Well, she said she kind of gave a foreshadowing before that match happened, saying this is the only way she could beat me, and Holly Holm beat her in that way, the way that she thought it was. So I think Rhonda's going to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, this is how she beat me. I knew I said it was going to happen this way. How can I prevent it? So I think she's going to go back to the gym, work on her boxing skills and her a little bit more of her defense because this is really – Holly Holm is probably the toughest opponent she's had in a long time, if not ever, because we've seen some of her other matches in in just seconds. So for her to lose this to Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey to me is still a better possibly overall fighter than Holly Holm. Um, and like I said, I think she's going to use the loss of extra motivation. She's going to work her tail off. And I think she's really going to want to come back and get revenge because she was definitely embarrassed after the loss. I don't see Ronda Rousey losing to the same person twice, especially on a short time span, um, like when the next match will be. All right, Ben, what do you think? Well, it's going to be tough because her spirits sound like they've been broken. She's been down, depressed, sad. She's talks about her lip being busted. She talks about her thup. And so mentally, she's going to have a lot to overcome. Uh, she hasn't showed her competitiveness yet because all she showed is how down and depressed she is over it and embarrassed she is over it. But this is fighting, and we all know how fighting goes and promoting goes, with whether it's boxing or what wrestling and of course she will win the second fight because that will make an even better third fight that's my answer (laughs) oh i think there was some like foreshadowing there Uh, (laughs) that's actually a good point (laughs) i don't know that i was gonna go with peter but that's super ominous finish there uh i'm gonna go with ben i like that 
Chip Man, Kelly's fan club gets the point. That was a good point. One one. All right, moving into question six here. <clears throat> NBA action's in full swing, and we're starting to see teams uh, separate within the conferences here. Uh, we already touched on Golden State, who obviously is the front runner to win that Western Conference. Uh, but who's going to win the East, Amos? I think, it's, I think you have to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I think a big part of it, like it is every year, is LeBron James. You know, averaging 26.3 points or 26.3 points per game right now. I, they're just awesome. He's going to put that team on his back like he does every year. And he's actually got some help with Tristan Thompson. He's got help with Kevin Love, who as much attention as he seems to get, I think he's an underrated player in the league. I think he does help that team significantly and every aspect is being another big man up there to help LeBron. Uh, Mel Williams is playing very well too. And I think this is a team that's built for the stretch. They got good players, good role players in the rotation. Maybe not anybody who's going to stick out and be this other great player outside their starting lineup, but they have a very good rotation. And I, you know, the East, you got the Bulls, but and I just don't, I don't see anybody being able to overpower LeBron. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to see Cleveland Cavaliers win that conference. And I think you're going to see another, I think you're going to see Golden State and Cleveland in the finals. All right. All right. That'd be an interesting finals. Uh, I mean, we saw a lot of, of great games last year from that. All right, Rich, what do you say? I, I'm going to go with Amos on the Cleveland Cavaliers here as well, but it's going to be for the simple fact that I don't think anybody in the Eastern Conference can beat them. I mean, you look at the Chicago Bulls and uh, Derrick Rose, who can't stay healthy to save his life. Then you look down. I'm, I'm going to give you the, the list of the Eastern the standings. It's Cavaliers, Bulls, Raptors, Pacers, Hornets of all people right now. And then it goes down to Heat, Celtics, Magic, Pistons. The East is like the weakest conference I mean, you could put the Dallas Mavericks in the in, in the East, and they would be a top four easily, hands down. That's how good the team is. The East is just so weak right now. And, and you know, this is LeBron James. And I, I think when he went back to Cleveland, so I think it was one of the NBA analysts said, you know, uh, LeBron James got a shoe in for the finals for the next four years. And I tend to agree with what he said, just because the East has got is so much weaker than the West. What I'm answering with. The East is weak, but bringing up your home team, Dallas Mavericks, when we're talking about the East, Rich, that's not going to go. Just make, I'm, gonna, I'm just making a point on how bad the East is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a little bit of homerism. <laughs> that's what I was trying All to right. point. You put any team in the West, because if you think about it, the West is, just on a side note, the West is won by what? Every team is separated from first to eighth by like four games. You look at the East, Cleveland's going to run away with this team. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, moving on to question seven here. Uh, I think the NHL right now has one big question, and it's been the only big question, um, or the big question, I should say, for the last uh, several years. Who's the better player? Uh, Sidney Crosby or Alexander Ovechkin? Ben, who do you say? Ovechkin. That's, I I go with him because <clears throat> if you compare when they were younger, he, he was 19 years old when he won the 
when he played for the 2004 World Cup, his youngest player back then. So if you compare when they were younger, their first two years in the league, Sydney scored 75, Ovechkin scored 98 goals. And I just believe that he's done more with less talent around him. Um, He hasn't had the supporting cast around him through the years. And basically, that's my argument. (laughs) All right, Peter. We don't get hockey down here much. (laughs) (laughs) Too hot for ice in Florida, huh? Um, All right, Peter, who do you got? I'm going to take Alex Ovechkin. Uh, he's a really great player. He's he's very consistent. He's uh, in 14, He's at 14 goals in 27 games. Um, he plays hard. He strikes fast, and he definitely hits. Uh, he definitely likes to to push opponents around. He's, he will, he'll fight anyone. He doesn't care. And then you look at Crosby. He's he's a lot of speed and skill, and he's a scorer, and he can be a leader. But the problem is he's not aggressive enough. And I think he gets a little upset when things don't go his way sometimes. Um, obviously his injuries have hampered his career as of late, but I feel like when you look at toughness and somebody that you're going to want to go out there and try to, to fight to win a game, you're going to want somebody like Alexander Ovechkin who will do anything he can to win a game for anybody. I mean, I, I've watched both of these guys play. Uh, when I watch hockey sometimes, I really like watching them play against each other. And, you know, Crosby does have the one the one cup to Ovechkin, none, but that doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day because – when you want to talk about who's better, do you want somebody that's that's kind of a little bit weak-minded like Sidney Crosby, or do you want somebody that's very aggressive and will do anything to try to win a game? I'm going to take Alexander Ovechkin here, more consistent. He stays healthier longer, and he and he's not afraid to go hit somebody on the ice. Uh, toughness is definitely the difference uh, between these two players and the difference in this matchup. Globo Jim taking the point. And the weird it's safe. It's, it's, it's safe to say Peter knows hockey better than I do. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Always go that far. <laughs> we don't have any. Right. Do I get a handicap right. living down here in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> do you get, we'll, we'll have to like play that into the next hockey question. We have for you, Ben. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm next setting that question. one up. Hey, uh, earlier quick, this, I was going to say we're about 33 minutes left. So let's go ahead and All do right. that one thing uh, we got to do. All right. All right, so I got a real quick ask for you guys here. Um, you guys really need to check out the Sports Mania, Name That Sport. It's on iTunes. Uh, play the sports trivia game that everyone is talking about, played by thousands of sports fans around the world. Each puzzle contains pictures that relate to some type of sport. you got to challenge yourself to unlock the answer. Uh, some of the answers are definitely easier than the others. Uh, they have hundreds of questions. Uh, download the game now and try it while it's free. It's only free for two more days, so you want to make sure you download it soon. Uh, you can find a link for it on our Twitter page. That's at free parking, um, all lowercase free, and then, of course, the uppercase P-A-R-R, lowercase king. Uh, this is a great game. I, we downloaded it. Uh, I think all of us downloaded it. We've been playing it. Uh, it is, you know, very challenging. Uh, I know that uh, we were talking about it earlier. Rich, you were talking about it because you played it. I think more than anybody. What do you think about this game? Great game. It, it is. If you love it, sports challenge. This is the one because I think I'm 
Kana, one with a woman shooting a pistol. And it looked like an Olympic sport, but I don't watch the Olympics like that, so it made it a little bit more difficult. I was having to post a lot of them to Facebook just to get answers, so I, I think the app itself was outstanding <laughs> in terms of uh, challenging because it was confusing on some of those. What about you, Peter? Yeah, I could. Oh, sorry. I was going to pass it along. No, that's all right. Go ahead, Peter. So, I mean, I haven't got a chance to, to play much of it, but it, like Rich said, it's challenging, and I think it's a lot of fun. And for anybody who likes a really good challenge, definitely download this app while it's still free. Uh, just because I, anybody, it's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like Trivial Pursuit, but, but I'm sorry, <clears throat> Trivial Pursuit, but just for sports, and that's what makes it interesting to me. Yeah, did you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I thought I lost you there. Yeah, the game is it's unbelievably challenging. I, I thought, you know, you name that sport, you know, you see a football, it's going to be like, all right, that's obviously football. But when you get into it, it is very challenging, a lot of fun. Um, so definitely check it out. It's only on iTunes, uh, the App Store. Uh, it's called Sports Mania. Uh, name that sport, really good game. Uh, so let's head back into the questions here. We'll get a quick score update. Uh, Globo Jam is leading right now 4-3 to three over Chip Kelly's fan club. All right, so you got to try to come back, so heading into that last question. All right, next question Chip, is Chip. Chip Kelly is our coach. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number eight. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said earlier this week, that Kobe deserves to be in the All-Star game uh, regardless of his output because, it, you know, it's his final season he's such a star. Do you think that he should automatically get in because this is his last season, Rich? Are you there, Rich? I think we've lost Rich. I think we lost Rich. Uh, are you there, Amos? Yeah, I'm here. Is that a forfeit? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> How about you just go first on this one, see if we can get Rich back. What do you think about this? Uh, no, and I I don't think he should be. And I think the idea of I'm like, yeah, I appreciate Adam Silver coming out and saying that. Obviously, it shows his respect for Kobe Bryant and what he's done for the game. But the game's also done a lot for Kobe Bryant. I think it's, uh, you know, like a clean draw there for what they've done for each other. And I don't see any reason to ruin the integrity of that all-star game. you got Kobe Bryant going off right now, doing playing 21 with other people or trying to match them in shots and making them stay until, you know, he matches them or gets to a certain percentage. And I think you're going to ruin that if you bring him in because then you're going to have a guy who's on the field just to show that he's better than all the other All-Stars. And I know that's what the game's about, but it's still also a team sport, so you can see everybody play, everybody kind of show off a little bit. And I think Kobe's going to try to take a bunch of that light. I think if you make him a special coach or something like that to get him in the game somehow or even a referee – yeah, I'm all for that. But making him a player just because it's final year, I mean, you might as well have put in Peyton Manning in the Pro Bowl when he was injured for the entire year if you're going to do that. Um, great point there. Uh, Rich, we got you back? Doesn't sound like Rich is here. Uh, ben, do you want to take this question? Absolutely not. <laughs> 
We'll forfeit that one. Uh, all right, we'll forfeit. So Globo Jim is going to take that one. Uh, some great points. We may there, have to forfeit the whole game. Um. <laughs> all right, going into the next question here. Uh, only three games left in the regular season. Uh, and Cam Newton and company still have yet to lose a game. Uh, can the Carolina Panthers finish undefeated, Peter? Um, yeah, I, I think they can because if you look at the next two game, next two games, you got a, a road game against the Giants, a road game against the Falcons, who so they just shut out, and then they finished the season against Tampa Bay, who they've been soaking down. But other reasons aside from the fact that this team is just on fire is that the defense is playing phenomenally well, and Cam Newton keeps making guys that were that were not household names household names. Tenkin Jr. was a household name at one point because he was dropping a lot of passes, but now he's starting to catch, starting to do some pretty good things on offense. I mean, um, he has eight touchdown receptions this season. I believe I believe that's leading the Carolina Panthers. Um, obviously, the running attack of Carolina, you have Jonathan Stewart and Cam Newton leading the way with the rushing attack. They've combined for, um, I think, almost 1,400 or over 1,400 yards now, I believe, and 13 combined touchdowns on the ground. And you just look at the way they're playing. I mean, they they just shut out Atlanta, and then I think they're going to beat Atlanta on the road. The Giants, that could be a trap game, but I see them beating them. And then Tampa Bay, I think they're going to roll over Tampa Bay because, remember, Jameis Winston is still a working quarterback. And I think even though he's showing signs of improvement, I think that last game of the season, um, he's playing a full of his first full 16-game season in the NFL. He might be tired by then, and I won't be surprised to see Carolina harass him and uh, and really embarrass him. But Carolina can definitely go 16 and 0. Um, the only the only way I see them not going 16 and 0 is that they rest them and their starters the last couple of weeks. But I don't even see them doing that because Arizona, if they lose the last two games and Arizona wins out, Arizona could have the top seed in the um, in the NFC. So I think Carolina's going to want to go undefeated just to kind of keep keep the top seat to themselves and then try to go 19-0. All right, quick question, Peter, before we move on to Ben. Do they go 19-0? and No. I think, they're, I think they would lose to Arizona in the playoffs before they make the Super Bowl. All right. Ben, what do you have to say on this? Does Carolina go undefeated? I believe they can. And... Peter stole everything that I was going to say. So, um, first they got the Giants. The Giants' only hope is that Beckham can go off again, which is not going to happen because the Panthers' defense won't even allow Eli enough time to even throw deep routes. So, and the Giants' defense will not be able to stop Stewart or Cam. So, Slim chance with that one. The Falcons, like Peter said, just got blown out 38 to nothing. So that could be a trap game, but not going to happen. Panthers Panthers might not beat them 38 to nothing, but they'll beat them 20 to nothing. And the Bucks, they might have a shot because – you know, Winston has been playing a little more consistent, and the Bucks have been a much improved team. Their defense is a little better, but what what might give them a chance is that the Panthers might not need to win that game, and 
just depends on whether or not they want that undefeated season and how late they play their starters or if they play their starters. But I, I believe the Panthers could go undefeated. All right, Ben, same question to you. Do you think they go 19-0? and Nope. I think Carolina's – I mean, uh, Arizona's the most complete team in the NFL right now. Um, they have more – they have complete offense, run game, pass game. They've got a complete defense. So, nope, I say Arizona beats them. All right, both of you brought up a really great point, so a lot of similar points there. Um, I'm going to give it uh, give it to uh, Ben here just because, you know, the final point he brought up, most complete team in the NFL was, uh, with the Cardinals. I completely agree with that. So Chip Kelly's uh, fan club gets the point there. Um, all right, moving on to question 10 here. In 2016, the World Cup will take place in the host country this this coming year is Japan. Will the U.S. men's national team ever win a World Cup, Amos? Yeah, absolutely. At some point, may not be may not be in the next 10 or 12 years, but at some point, we will. Right as of right now. They only have six players over the age of 30, uh, you know. And a part of that problem is is that we have sports like football, baseball, and basketball in which most of our money and most of our attention gets dropped into. In my personal opinion, we're the most talented country in the entire world. If we can focus some of our money and some of our attention on our soccer athletes, there's no doubt in my mind that we will win a World Cup if not multiple in a row, and you'll see us being number one in the world because I think we're that talented. I think all it needs to be focused is the training, the money, and I do. I I, I don't think it's any question if we'll ever win. We will. I think the question is how many are we going to win. <laughs> Very confident answer there. Uh, do we have Rich back? Man, Rich is having some technical difficulties over there. <laughs> He went a wall. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll I'll try to give it a shot. All right, Ben. Thanks for being no. a trooper through this. What do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll say no, just for the simple fact that America doesn't put the emphasis on soccer as the other countries. And like he was saying, with the. Uh, you know the the training equipment and the the time and uh, America just doesn't doesn't put the emphasis on that sport as much as they do football, basketball, baseball. So I'm gonna say no. I uh, I, I completely agree with what Ben said. I, I we don't have we don't put that kind of attention into the sport. So Chip Kelly gets the the next point there. Um, hey, we did in wrestling either. We beat the Russians. <laughs> uh, fair point. Uh, but, I, you know, the USA has never even come close. And we just, it's not even, I don't even think it's like a top five sport um, or a top four sport in the United States. Uh, def- I mean, the MLS, I mean, how many teams could we collectively as a group name? It wouldn't be impressive. Um, but we could name every football team, every NBA team, every hockey team. Um 
It's just not a, a big sport in America. Moving on to the next question here. <clears throat> question 11. At UFC 194, Conor McGregor knocked out Jose Aldo in only 13 <clears throat> seconds, which is the fastest uh, knockout in UFC history, breaking uh, Ronda Rousey's record of 14 seconds. This, uh, The pay-per-view for this fight was... Forty-nine ninety-nine or fifty-nine ninety-nine for HD. Uh, with a knockout coming in only thirteen seconds, is a fifty-nine ninety-nine pay-per-view was it worth the money seeing that kind of performance, or was it a waste? Then I'm gonna say it was a waste because I can remember back in the nineties when Mike Tyson would knock knock people out in a minute, and I used to feel that was a waste. So. Um, 13 seconds is definitely a waste. Uh, you want to be able to see a good fight between both fighters, you know, a competitive fight back and forth. Um, that's what makes a good fight. And, you know, definitely want to see a knockout or some blood, but you want it to last longer than thir- 13 seconds. I mean, if I wanted to watch somebody get knocked out in 13 seconds, I could go watch that free on YouTube, you know, uh, many of them on there. But <laughs> so I'm gonna say no, wasn't worth it. Uh, all right, um, Peter, is this a waste or is it worth it? Complete waste of money. Uh, it's the fact that UFC charges that much for a pay per view fight when some of them have been ending in seconds is just ridiculous to me. Um, Thirteen seconds. The math for that is about just under six dollars a second. Oh, sorry, six dollars. Yeah, six dollars a second. That's just that. That to me is rip off. Um, Obviously, they can't control how fast these fights happen, but UFC's got to figure something out when it comes to this sort of thing. Maybe what they can do is they can broadcast it, but maybe like you know on on a major sports network that's on cable television because people aren't going to want to pay that much money just to see somebody get clobbered in 13 seconds. Now, if there was multiple fights, like let's say there was multiple fights that you could watch paying that kind of price, that maybe like one or two lasted 13 seconds like that and multiple lasted the entire time, I'd be okay with it. But I would never pay $60 to see a fight last 13 seconds. That to me is just a waste of money. And I feel bad for the people that were there alive because the amount of money they must have paid to watch that was probably 10 times more than what we had to pay on pay-per-view. You had me convinced there, Peter, until the end because there were other cards on the fight. I think there was three other car- or three other fights on that card that night. So it wasn't the only fight. Uh so Chip Kelly, uh, fan club gets the point. Ben on a roll right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, is, do we have Rich back yet, or is no Rich? Uh, I guess no, his internet rich. completely went out. Yeah, his internet is completely dead. Apparently. Um, oh. Yeah, that that's what I just read. All right, Ben. I think you're gonna have to put the team on your back here and try to pull it out. <laughs> I was uh, hoping Rich would be able to get to hear you guys sing that song. Oh, <laughs> confidence. <laughs> All right, quick scoreboard check. Actually, Chip Kelly's fan club is leading 6-5 to five over Globo Jim. Terrible. Uh, next question here, question number 12. Um, there are or there have been many uh, coaches that have made the jump from the college ranks up to the professional level. Um, several coaches, you know, that have been talked about this year, Kevin Sumlin, uh, 
had Texas A&M Art Bryles from Baylor, Brian Kelly um, with Notre Dame, just a few of the college coaches that have rumors tied to them about ending up in the NFL. If your NFL team needed a new coach and you could only choose a current college coach, who would it be? Uh, ben, you got the question first. Any, I can pick any college coach. Yep, for your NFL team. I'm gonna say Nick Nick Saban because he's he's been he's he's already done it once and he was you know complete failure. But just like Pete Pete Carroll was a complete failure when he the first time he tried it and he went back to college and now look at him back in the NFL. So the second go around sometimes makes a difference, and you know we all know, you know I'm definitely not a Bama fan, but we all know Nick Saban can coach the game. Uh, so I would pick Nick Saban. Great answer there. Uh, moving on to Amos, who would you take in the college ranks? I would go with Mark D'Antonio, the Michigan State head coach. I think he's done a great job there. He's done a great job every year. He recruits well, and he doesn't go out and just recruit guys that, you know, just because he's top five of position, it's not a guy that's going to come to Michigan State. He wants guys who fit his system, who will go there, do their job. He builds a great defense, already runs a pro-style offense, has always recruits uh, quarterbacks who make smart decisions. They stand tall in the pocket. They're poised. I, you know, Drew Stanton, Brian Hoyer, Connor Cook, all really, really good college quarterbacks. That's really well. I think he's a guy who, he's 87-32 as uh, head coach. He's three-time Big Ten champ, two-time Big Ten coach of the year. He's only had two losing seasons. And I think hey, guys, he's a guy I'm back. Sorry. Once he goes to the NFL, I think he's a one-time guy. I think he'll go there. I think he'll succeed. And I don't, I don't think there's another college coach who could go into the NFL right now and do what Mark D'Antonio could do for any team. And another guy who finds players to fit his system to do their job is Bill Belichick, and we know what kind of, you know, coaching job he's done with the Patriots, how he wins, and I think D'Antonio would have that kind of career. Great, great answer there, uh, Globo Jim. Getting the point, Amos, was a great answer there. Hey, I'm back. All right, Rich, hey, Rich. back here. Rich, we tied uh, it up, buddy. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. My internet just decided to go out in the middle of the show, so I had to use the host thing to dial my cell phone to get back on. I didn't even think of that earlier. That's all right. We've been on a roll until now. Yeah, okay. we've been carrying you for you. Maybe, right now, maybe we need to... Six, maybe we, four, six to maybe six we need right to lose now. Rich again. <laughs> yeah, we're on the tiebreaker. All right. So, so yeah. one last question before we head into the final uh, finale question. So this is the last question we're going to run tonight before the finale. Uh, there has been a lot of talk about removing fighting from the game of hockey with all the concussions, the injuries, um, you know, all the problems that you have in any sport, adding the fighting aspect to it, you know, definitely takes it. But a lot of people hold on to the history. You know, it's part of the game. Uh, so is fighting good for the sport or should it be stopped? Peter, what do you think? This might not be something that 
people that don't want people to watch fighting on TV to hear, but I don't think it should be stopped because, number one, it's been a part of hockey for a long time, and I th- I think if the fighting doesn't get you out of hand, the NHL does stop it, the referees do stop it, but it's been a part of hockey for a long time. And to me, it's just part of the game. Again, people might not agree with that because it might be considered violent, but you also see people in UFC beating each other with this wrestling on TV. So what's fighting in hockey? Really, it's nothing. It's not brutal. Um, and, again, it's just because it's such an aggressive sport, you're going to have a lot of fighting going on. There's a lot of people skating into each other. There's a lot of bad blood between certain teams. You know, it's funny. We were just talking about Ovechkin and um, Anthony Cosby earlier. You know, those two, those two play on teams that hate each other because those players don't really get along. So, to me, fighting has always been something that I've seen in hockey. And to get rid of it, to me, would just be ridiculous because that's taking away part of the game. Um, you know, and I, I personally, I think it's kind of funny sometimes the way people fight. They just kind of stay in there, trying to pull each other's jerseys off. It's kind of, it's almost kind of comical to watch people try to fight in hockey now. All right, good, good points there. All right, Ben, what do you think? Hockey, fighting goes or should it stay? Okay, this goes back to the last hockey question where I mentioned I was a southerner down in Florida. We don't get hockey very much. But I but I have seen a couple hockey games and I agree with Peter. They should not they should not take that away from the game. I mean that's like taking fighting away from boxing. I mean everybody loves you know the the excite the excitement in contact sports that's what makes it exciting, it's the contact, whether it's football, hockey, boxing and I can tell you, from somebody who doesn't get to follow hockey much and hasn't been to many hockey games, the the couple few that I've been to, that was the most exciting part of it was the fighting. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think they should take it away at all. Fighting is the best part. You're right. It's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great points. I'm going to give it to Ben because he gets the handicap for having both hockey questions tonight, uh, being the Southern <laughs> oh, guy. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> uh, hey, I don't that, know if you've that noticed, but my awesome, scoring though. system is very, very, very uh, detailed and intricate, uh, Peter. So. Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. It's really, <laughs> very uh, yeah, we won't, we, He we gets won't the handicap because he, he was without me being on for a few questions. That's true. So. He's been the one-man yeah. show for half the show here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're heading into the finale question here. Um, Chip Kelly's uh, fan club has the lead, so you guys get to choose. Would you guys want to be first or second in the questioning? That's up to you. Uh, You've been carrying it, Ben, so I'll let you do it. Um, First. All right, they wish to be first. All right, here's the last question. Three-pointer, so it's anybody's game here. we are just three days away from the start of college football bowl season and the second ever college football playoff. Ever since they started the playoff, certain people around the game have been calling for an expansion. Should college football expand to an eight-team format? Ben, you're first up. I would love to see an eight-team format. Not just because watching – you know, more games the merrier, right? I mean, 
watching eight good teams is better than watching four good teams. You know I mean, it makes sense. But if you look at some other reasons, last year we had Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, FSU. And right outside of them you had Baylor and TCU that didn't get in. And what does TCU do in the bowl game? They beat Ole Miss 42-3. to Spank them. So if there, if it was 18 format, you know, definitely would have made it more interesting, would have gave them a chance. They might have actually even won it. And if you take this year, if you took a look at the teams outside of the top four, they're all worthy. Um, Iowa, Stanford, you got Notre Dame. So it just makes sense. It seems like the drop-off is more after eight teams than it is after four. All right, good answer there. Now we're going to move on to Peter. What do you think, Peter? Same question. Well, you better call me Steph Curry because I'm about to hit this three-pointer to end the show. (laughs) 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 So (laughs) I think they should because last year I was disappointed that they didn't have more than four. The reason I say this is I did not care for – Jameis Winston and the Seminoles didn't even be in the playoffs. I felt that somebody else should have been over them. Actually, I thought TCU should be one of the teams to Ben's point because Florida State was barely beating a bunch of scrubs in the ACC um, when, when Jameis Winston was throwing his team in the holes and then somehow throwing his way out of these holes. I don't know how he did it, but they beat a bunch of subpar teams and then they got demolished in the playoffs. So I felt that when I saw that ball, they should have been fan of the And then you look at this year. The top eight teams are all deserving of being in there. You got Clemson because you got Clemson, Bama, Michigan State, and Oklahoma in the playoffs. But then you got Iowa, Stanford, Ohio State, and Notre Dame on the outside looking in. I think, you know, obviously Iowa lost the Big Ten championship. But I think if you put Ohio, you put those other four teams in, you could see Iowa possibly making a run to win the whole thing. Um, Notre Dame, they haven't. You know, Notre Dame has always been a storied program. I don't want to just say that should be that's the reason why they should be in. But seeing a storied program like Notre Dame back in in national contention would be really cool. Obviously, Ohio State with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer would always he always makes the bowl games interesting. And seeing him seeing him back in the playoffs after winning the national championship last year would be kind of cool to see if they can defend the national title. You know, assuming that you know if they had expanded the playoffs to eight teams, they would have a chance to defend it. And I don't think that one or two losses really should define a season. Um, I used to think that way, but I don't think it should anymore because sometimes teams lose games. And to me, it's not fair for a team that, you know, you look at like, I don't know, I guess, I mean, Iowa. Just because they lost to Michigan State doesn't mean they should have necessarily been forced out of the playoffs. And and just, just to me, it would make it a lot more interesting, a lot more fun, and then you'd have, you know, you can have more games to watch, and I think it would create a lot more a, a lot more of a fun atmosphere in college football, and it would also make um, it also would help with the bowl game issue because there's too many bowl games. So I think adding more teams to the playoffs gives maybe it would give more uh, it would take less time away from useless bowl games with the teams that end up losing records because there's too many bowl games. So expand the playoffs and get rid of some of the subpar bowl games, and that'll help fix the the bowl issue. Hey, Peter. Good point there. Uh, uh, so hey, Peter. Next. Yeah. I just wanted to say one thing real quick. You know, FSU did beat Georgia Tech in the ACC championship, right? Who yeah. Georgia, Tech, Georgia Tech beat the number seven ranked Mississippi State 
in the bowl game, beat them by 15 points, the almighty SEC. So they did play a couple good teams. I give them that one, but I mean, I don't like the SEC. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of the SEC either, but I, I'm just not a. Florida State to me was overrated last year, and they showed it against Oregon when they got crushed. And Jameis Winston looked like a complete bum. All right, all right. Getting snippy out there, Rich. You're up. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I think extending the bowl games is a great idea or, or extending the playoff teams for a national championship. If you look at what TCU did, blowing out somebody that, you know, in, in their bowl game, you know, they I think they won undefeated, lost the game here or there. But they they were right there, you know, and they, they, they kind of ex- do need to extend it two games because I think it's only fair that the teams that are going undefeated and blowing teams out on a yearly basis – regardless of the strength of schedule, because a lot of people are like, well, TCU shouldn't, you know, they, they didn't deserve to be in there, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and then they go into the bowl game and kick that. I think it was Wisconsin they played last year. Kick the living crap out of Wisconsin. And then you look at no, the national title game, and was it Ole Miss? Well, whoever it was, they went in there and yeah. kicked the crap out of them, and then the team that they they voted ahead of them, you know, got, got their butts whooped as well. So I, I like the idea of expanding it and to make it a lot more exciting I'm on the same side as Peter on this one with the whole get rid of some of these meaningless bowl games like the freaking, you know, like the Dust Bowl or some stupid crap like that. But that's all I got on that one. Exactly. <laughs> the, the old bowl. toilet bowl, eh? Uh, the Dust Bowl, all right, yeah. Amos. Amos, you're the last one up. Let's hear it. All Davis, right. Man, um, should they extend to an 18 playoff? Absolutely not. I think the NCAA did everyone a favor by making a four-team playoff. Eventually, you're going to get a team that sneaks in from a smaller school, and it's a, if they're going to get fodder against whoever they get on that top eight, you're going to see another Notre Dame-Alabama where one team doesn't belong in there. Right now you got Notre Dame and Stanford both in the top eight. Notre Dame barely got past Boston College. Had barely beat them, I think like two points. They don't belong in the top ten. Stanford – same way. Yes, they can score Christian McCaffrey, but they can't stop anything. They'd be outmatched by another team. Notre Dame going against Ohio State. It's going to be an absolute slaughter. These teams don't belong to be in the top ten. Especially an 18 playoff format? No. No way. I mean, look at the basketball tournament. There's, what, 64 teams? Who even pays attention until it gets down to 32? Nobody. It's ridiculous. It should never happen. They need to stick to four. Four is fair. Going past that, I think there's going to be a competition problem. I think you're going to see teams seriously outmatched. Uh, we got about yeah, a minute left, guys. You just told me. Do you need to go ahead and go? All right. We got about a minute. So. All right. Great job, guys. Uh, I think everybody did a great job answering that question. Uh, but um, the edge definitely goes to uh, Globo's gym, and they end up winning this. <laughs> yeah. What? Great job, guys. <laughs> Like Steph Curry. I'm sorry, that was my fault. A three-pointer. Okay, All right. here we go. It so was the British accent, I'm not good with it. It's not a British <laughs> accent, but tune in, tune in tomorrow morning as we go live for the first ever pigskin pick'em game. Da 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 da. da. Good eye, Mike. That is Italian <laughs> for sure. Okay, whatever. Italian and Australian. We'll take it. I go ahead. <laughs> I think I was supposed to say I think I was supposed to say that 
Blaine Gabbert was the greatest Jaguar player ever, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's all we got for tonight, guys. Tune in tomorrow morning for the uh, Pigskin Pick'em. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Sorry, guys. We've got to end it. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>